Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I've gone from being in complete overwhelm, burning the candle at both ends, and watching my health, relationships, and business suffer, to creating a life with more joy, ease, and abundance. If you're ready to let go of the overwhelm, reclaim your health, and push past your comfort zone so that you can unleash your next level of success to create a greater impact, then sit back as we delve into conversations as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. This week's episode was so much fun as I had a candid conversation with Sean Seidy. Sean's a successful personal trainer here in Canada, but he works primarily with clients online. He's helped countless clients to transform their bodies and their minds. His social media platforms are incredibly refreshing as he isn't afraid to speak the truth about what works. And we know that in the world of social media, it can get a little bit crazy out there. Sean's client results speak for themselves. Be a be sure to find him on Instagram at PT. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy this episode as we talk about why Canadians in particular are putting on more weight than ever despite all the information that's out there. We talk about it being practical to lose 20 pounds in 12 weeks and also taking those short-term goals and turning them into long-term goals. Sit back, enjoy this one. It's a great one. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on. Hey, Rosa. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. It's good to be here. Yeah. We met in such like, (laughs) we met in a funny way because I I, uh, posted one of your, your reels on Instagram and it went it went a bit crazy. I was like really surprised. It was all about like peanut butter. And you were talking about how organic peanut butter, if it says roasted is, is roasted in seed oils. And um, it was like the comments I checked yesterday. And I think, what did we, I posted probably over a week ago. It's still, it's still going, like it's still getting comments. How do you like, how do you deal with that? Like the, cause most of them are positive and some of them, you know, people always know better, especially in the yeah. world of social media. <laughs> How do you deal with that side of it? Like you're putting yourself out there and there's always negative, especially in the space of health and fitness. Everyone has an opinion on, on what's better than what you're currently doing. How do you deal with that, that side of things? Uh, I honestly just post what I believe in and I understand and accept that there's always going to be a small contingent of people you know five ten percent that vehemently disagree with what you have to say Um, and that's okay you know like you said the overwhelming majority of the comments are positive and there will be some things that you post that most of the comments are negative but that's okay you know I think if you just like stick to what you believe in and talk about what you believe in your tribe and the people who resonate with your message will will find you and ultimately that will allow you to grow your platform and be successful but also most importantly like you're being around like-minded people so Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the most important right yeah I love that like having the the off social media support behind you yeah yeah I love that it's um yeah it's what it's wild the social media world like in in many ways it's amazing. It's what builds us as online coaches, yet there is that side to it. And you do have to have a thick skin, but I think it's like you said, more than a thick skin, it's having like real conviction about what you're posting. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother you so much when you, when people are going after you. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. Amazing. Um, so let's get into it because the topic of this is like, you know, it's a catchy topic, lose 20 pounds in 12 weeks. And it sounds like, whoa, like that's a lot. But, you know, when you look at it, you're like, it's even a little bit less than two pounds a week. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of Canadians, and I'm going to say Canadian specifically, because I think in Canada, I don't know if you've experienced that, but it's very easy to think, oh, it's a U.S problem like this being overweight and obesity problem and and it it really isn't it's also here in Canada yeah like I actually looked up a statistic so I was like let me look this up and I looked it up yesterday it's from 2017 and it said 64 percent of adults over the age of 18 are overweight or obese and that's put out by the public health agency of Canada so 64 percent like what like that's massive and that was like five years ago yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's gotten to a point in North America where it's getting worse and worse. Um, yeah. I would say due to food quality, um, food prices drives people also to be buying um, mm. more like more takeout, low quality food. I think there is a way around that. I think that can be sometimes a bit of a cop out excuse because you know you can you can live off tuna and rice and fruit and apples and bananas, and that's going to be cheaper than going and living off the value menu at McDonald's, but um, it is certainly harder to Mm -hmm. eat quote unquote healthy. It can be more difficult. It's more challenging, but I think that that challenge is ultimately worth it. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, and that's what I wanted to get into. It's like, why, like, there's so much information now, like yourself, like you put up amazing content. Like I I was going through your content. I was like, yep, yep, yep. Like I, I, I truly agree with everything that you're putting on there, which is why I wanted to have you on. Cause I think the more we hear a consistent message from different voices, the better it is because there, there is so much information out there and, um, you know, quick fixes and, and when you yeah. posted this, I was like, in some ways you have to have these catchy titles. Yeah. Um, you have to deliver on what your promise is. But I I had um an amazing, well, first I was her client. She's a great marketer. And then she became my client for training. But she once said to me, because I had a, you do a lot of before and afters um, as well. And, and I used to have a real problem with that. And then she said to me, or these catchy titles. And she said to me, well, Rosa, the marketing doesn't have to align with your values. What has to align with your values is what you deliver and what you teach and what you educate. But if you're not getting people through the door, then you have no one to actually help. So that's what I really like. I loved your title because I was like, that's catchy, but I also get why you use a title like that. For sure. Yeah. And to lose 20 pounds in 12 weeks is, it is impressive but it's certainly not out of the realm of like mm-hmm. possibility or like, you know, even extremely totally. hard to attain. Um, I do think that similarly to you that I've always avoided using like misleading or like hooks or, mm-hmm. you know, grabbing what I guess we could call clickbait titles yeah. in the past because, you know, I don't want to be seen as one of the other marketers or the other trainers that's like mm-hmm. selling a lie. And there's so many that yeah. sell a lie, whether it's like pills, potions, waist trainers, detoxes, right. all this stuff, right? Yeah. So I don't really resonate with any of that stuff. And I, I try to focus my content on, you know, what actually works, telling people the truth. And I felt, and I felt, and like right now, like you said, because I'm trying to market and get more people through the door, it's funny. Like I, I've packaged that same piece of content, 10 different ways 
But when I say, Hey, here's, you know, whatever, three easy ways to lose 20 pounds in 12 weeks. That is like my most viewed video yeah. in a long time now, you know, it's got like tens of thousands of views across all the different platforms. So, mm-hmm. and I, I say the same information in different videos, but yes. it's that initial one to three seconds that people, you know, short yeah. attention span, That's <laughs> pay right. attention to. So you have to get their attention real quick. Yeah, totally. And you know what, I guess there's a difference between catchy and clickbait. You know, and and I, you know, and I, I get that whole thinking about that, like not wanting to use that. And, and, and I had that same struggle, but yeah, I would see this, I would say this is catchy as, as opposed to clickbait, but it's so none of us want to be seen as that person that's deceiving people. Right. Because we're not where we get into health for all the right reasons. And so you don't want someone to think differently, but I guess that's where that thick skin comes into. It's like, you know, the oh, job yeah. that you want to do. Have you read a um, hundred million dollar offers by Alex Ramosi? Have you read? Have you read no, book? I love very, very good. I I'll, I'll say state this right away. Full disclosure. I'm not a big reader. I read probably like one book a year. Yeah. And I'll usually do audio books, awesome. but this book has given me a lot of value. Um, and there's a premise in it that basically says how to make a good offer. Um, you have to make it to your to a core audience that like needs your problem Mm -hmm. but you also have to make it seem like it's possible the likelihood of achievement is very high and the perceived amount of effort is very low and like the key word is perceived Mm. amount right so like we know to lose 20 pounds in 12 weeks is not it's not I wouldn't say it's like the hardest thing in the world but it's definitely not Mm -hmm. easy but we have to make it perceived to the customer or the potential client Mm -hmm. prospect that it is easy. And that's our job as like marketers and, and coaches to say, Hey, like this is definitely attainable because if, I'm sure you deal with this a lot with your clients too, or people that you speak to is they come on the consultation. They're like, yeah, like I've tried everything. I can't lose a pound. And then they join my program and they lose like five or 10 pounds in their first week. And they're like, Oh my God, like you're a magician. And I'm just like, not really. Like I just follow basic principles. Right. <laughs> you know? So, um, but to people who, you know, like you said, like there's so much um, conflicting information out there. There's so much information, you know, our fat's good, our fat's bad, our carbs good, our carbs mm-hmm. bad, high protein, low protein, carnivore, keto, like yeah. all these things, keto they're bad, there's, right? <laughs> like, so, and I think there's some truth in every one of those things, mm-hmm. depending what you look. But I think what the main thing is like, you know, just be in a car deficit, lift weights, drink water, go for walks, spend time outside and get good sleep and you're going to get good results. Yeah, I agree. And you know, when you're talking perceived effort, I, I, it's the whole thing that it's not, it's not hard. It's that when you are looking to change habits, which that's undeniable, if you want to have a change, the habits need to change. And that's what changing habits for anyone is hard, whatever it is that you're working on. Yeah, yeah, totally. Ch- changing habits is difficult, right? You know, like what they say, old habits die hard. Totally. So, yeah. so if you're used to, you know, instead of going to the gym, you come straight home, lay on the couch, watch TV, watch Netflix. That's your habit, right? And to yeah. break out of that and go to the gym, and you might be intimidated because you've never been to a gym before. Yeah. These are these are ways. These are hard things to break. But realistically, like going to the gym and lifting weights four or five times a week is not hard. It's yeah. enjoyable. Most people, once they do it for a month or two, they love it. So it's not super difficult. Like it's much more hard to like run a marathon or to compete in a sport. Lifting weights, I think right. is on the easier side of things. So it's like, 
you just have to stick with it for a certain period of time and you'll get where you want to be. Yeah. It's the whole, you don't know what you don't know as well. Like, like that whole idea, a lot of women feel like the weight training is intimidating. It's hard. And we'll get into that. But once you do it, most women are like really shocked and lo- and fall in love with it. I've never trained a client that didn't love the strength training. They're like, what? That's all I have to do compared to, you know, cardio. <laughs> Let's like, just back up a little bit. When, when someone comes to you, like when they finally come to you because they're like, okay, I need help. What's, what brings people to that point? Like, are they coming to you? What are the different reasons they're coming to you? Because often by the time they decide to book that appointment or at least inquire something's, something's going on because they've been on this path for a little while, but why all of a sudden they're like, okay, I actually need to invest in a trainer. Like what's the thought process of, of your clients? I think a lot of people make decisions based off pain. Mm -hmm. So whether it's like mostly usually an emotional pain, but could be physical pain too. Like if you have back pain or you're sore, like that, that pain makes you want to do something about it. That discomfort makes you Mm -hmm. want to do something about it this is why a lot of people who are already kind of like halfway fit have a hard time getting to that next level. Cause they're already like, man, well, I look good enough. Right. So getting to that like advanced level is extra hard, but I would say most people come from an emotional pain standpoint. So, you know, a big one that I, I experienced with my clients is like breakups. Another big one is they went clothes shopping. So they went clothes shopping. We all know that the mirrors in those places cannot be, you know, the most flattering. <laughs> They're awful. <laughs> They're awful. The lighting is so bad. You look your worst. So, you know, going clothes shopping can be a pretty, you know, mm-hmm. shitty experience for people sometimes. Ah, like, I love that you said that. Be. It's so true. So that's like a big one. I, t- I talk to clients mm-hmm. about on consultations and I've experienced that too. You know, like sometimes I'll go on prolonged yeah. trips and you know you come back three weeks later you're like oh my gosh what happened to me my clothes don't fit I don't look very good I definitely don't feel very good so but then that that initial pain is like oh, I don't look good it's like okay I'm gonna spark change I'm gonna start going to gym I'm gonna yeah. start eating better I'm gonna and then, then you make those changes so I think for somebody like if you know for example if they follow you or I on social media and we've been giving them free content that's been helpful for them for several months or even years mm-hmm. you know I've had followers follow me for probably like you know two years who have never sent me a message who have never reacted to any of my content mm-hmm. who just start like I wouldn't even know they were there and then they'll message me uh, a paragraph being like you know you've inspired me so much and I've watched your content for years and I finally had enough like I'm ready to sign up and it's like totally a shock to me because you know I've never interacted with this person before so sometimes it just takes that one moment of like they were in they were having a bad time or they didn't like the way they looked and they're like you know what I need to make that change I think it happens from pain and I think that's kind of a good thing because it can spark that change that completely changes your life so sometimes pain can be Mm. a good thing Yeah, I totally agree. That's amazing. I find the same thing that the people that reach out are people that haven't been commenting or or anything like that. They're just observing, which is why, you know, you always have to the whole like looking at numbers and wanting the likes and the approval on social media isn't what you want to be focusing on because the people that actually need the help are often the ones that aren't, aren't commenting. Um, yeah, that mirror thing is, it's so confronting when you go shopping. You're right. Cause when else do you stand somewhere with a mirror like that close to you? But you know, it's yeah. like you said, I, I get that whole, I've been there too, where I feel that pain, especially when you go from winter into summer and you're like, have to get the swimsuits on. And I think that's usually when yeah. people really feel 
feel that pain, but it's usually, I think that's when the truth kind of hits you. Cause usually even before that you're, you're starting to feel some of those things. And I don't know about you. I've never loved focusing on weight loss. And yet even myself, I go through periods where I'm like, okay, I'd love just to drop 10 pounds because it's that feeling that you're after. Like, I want to feel like myself again. Like, how do you, what do you find from your clients? Like the emotional side of it, what are they after? Cause they, we think it's physical, but it's not, that's not the full picture. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's almost always confidence. I would say Mm. feeling confident, feeling healthy. Um, the words that my clients will use is like feeling lighter. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's just a, there's a physical feeling to being fit, but there's also emotional component and a stronger mental fortitude. Like I have a lot of clients sometimes that they're going through hard times and they say, you know, I think I'm just going to stop for this week. Like I have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to eat my meals this week. I'm not going to work out. I'm not going to go for my walks. And I was like, these are probably the weeks where you need it the most. Yes. So I think, and once you are conditioned to doing hard things that you might not necessarily want to do, you become much more resilient as a human. So I think that is very impactful as well, that you need to focus on, you know, showing up when you don't necessarily want to. So I think that can be helpful. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, we were talking about it just before we came on. I was telling you about just really briefly, not nothing crazy personal, but I've, I've spoken right. about my divorce now. I'm more open about it. I wasn't when I was going through it. Cause I think you have to keep a lot of things to yourself as well. Um, totally. but I remember going through like a really, that really emotional, difficult time and thinking to myself, okay, like I need to make sure that my food is on point, that I'm moving my body, that I'm exercising. And that's when I, realized all those years of conditioning as a trainer in terms of, I don't mean conditioning in terms of exercise. I mean, in terms of my habits and building them that they, they got me through that period. And you're right. That's when people want to quit, but that's when you really need to lean into those good habits to help pull you through that. Totally. And seeing results physically is all about consistency and momentum you probably won't see anything in the first, you know, week, two, three weeks, like visual totally. difference. The scale, the scale will go down. You, you're losing water and stuff. And that can be almost mm. like a psychological hack that you're losing weight. But like seeing a visual physical difference takes probably a two or three months to see a significant yeah. difference. And I think it's all about building momentum. If you're, if you're one of these people who has a good week, bad week, good week, bad week, mm. or you know, you're solid from Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, you're off Sunday's yeah. kind of 50, 50. You're really going to struggle to lose weight because you haven't built up that momentum. I think in order to see results, you have to be consistent for a longer duration of time. Yeah. And that's, that's the hardest part for people because 100%. people have been conditioned to use food as like an emotional coping mechanism. You know, we saw that a lot through COVID people usually went one of two ways. They either got really fit or they gained a bunch totally. of weight and started, started to feel really crappy. Right. So it's just about, you know, I think it's really important to educate people that, you know, health is like focusing on your health is not a punishment. It's not a chore. It's something that you just have to do. It's like, brush, it's like brushing your teeth. You know, it's like taking care of your body. You wouldn't not give your car an oil change because you're oh. tired or because you're in a bad mood. Like if it has to get done, that's what has to get done. 
Yeah. Amazing. The mindset part of it is so important. I love that you mentioned like the, I like to call them the weekend warriors, but not warriors for like working out, but it is the whole, like during the week they're in routine and getting those workouts in and, and maybe good habits in, and then comes the weekend. And you actually did a thing on that talking about balance and how that's not actually what balance is, is like, being good Monday through Thursday. And then on the weekends, you're letting loose so much that you're kind of undoing what you've done during the week. Yeah. And that's a frustrating thing for people to kind of accept because there's been a big notion on social media and in media in general about, you know, how we need to have balance. And Mm. I, I think that people don't, this comes and I have another post I'm going to post about this so you guys get a sneak peek version (laughs) um uh basically like this often comes from like fitness influencers people who have been fit for a long time so their situation is a lot different than Mm. the consumer right so if somebody has taken years to build up muscle they've stuck to a diet for a long time they've reached a certain status of their body and now they don't want to train as hard and they honestly don't really need to because once you build up a lot of muscle, you honestly, you're what you need to do to maintain is so little. Like if you train a few times yes. a week and eat half decent, you're going to maintain what you built up. So for those people to then tell people who have not yet achieved that level, hey, balance is super important. I think is actually not very helpful mm-hmm. because they have not gotten their body to a point where that balance will actually work for them. Also, their perception of balance is very different to the normal person. Totally. Maybe say like the nineties, early two thousands, there was a notion that you had to train every single day. You should be doing multiple hours of cardio per week. You should be eating next to no food. Like it was very hardcore, Mm -hmm. um, almost to a detriment of some people at some times and to counterbalance that they've, they brought back the, the balance, but now people don't realize that like true balance is like training four or five times a week instead of every day true balance is, you know, doing a little bit of cardio a few times a week instead of like hours every single day. Right. True balance is going for a walk every day, not trying to get like 20,000 steps, but then somebody who is like, most people need to be told to train harder, not to train less or to do more, not to do less, you know, from where they're personally at. And that's, and people sometimes will take like this personal, that that means like they're a bad person or something. It's just not, that information is just not going to be helpful for them. Yeah. And I think because the average person who's trying to get into shape usually doesn't move very much, usually doesn't exercise very much, usually doesn't eat very well, is usually not sleeping very properly, is not spending a lot of time outside. If we say, hey, you have balance, you need balance, anytime that person is is faced with any sort of struggle, they have that cop out or that scapegoat of, oh, well, I need balance. I, I need to have a glass of wine every day after work because I need balance. I need to eat out every single weekend because I need balance. And that's not helpful because those people, you know, because I've tried to be that coach. When I first started, I thought that was the way to go. And this is why I feel so passionate about this topic is because, you know, it's very easy to market balance. It's very easy to market, you know, yeah, you can have wine every weekend. Sure. Yeah. Why not? But then, you know, months go by and your clients aren't getting results. And then they come to you, Hey, I'm not, this is not working. And then the clients who I'm a little bit more strict on, they're seeing amazing results. I'm like, okay, well, that's clearly the difference. And it's, it's oftentimes the people who, you know, are preaching balance the most or who are trying to have the most balance who really struggle to get results. So I think there's not many things more painful than trying at something for a long time Mm -hmm. and failing. 
So yeah. I rather, you know, hurt your feelings in the short term and say, Hey, you know, your balance is off than have you go a year working with me, not getting the result. Mm-hmm. When, if you just put in an additional, you know, 20 to 30% effort, yeah, you'd get, you'd get tremendous results and you'd feel totally different as a person. And oftentimes people don't even miss those things. Totally. I don't think there's any reason that anybody needs to drink a glass of wine after work every day. I think that's totally like, that's not conducive to good health. (laughs) There's no positive benefit of that in the long term. So, and I think, you know, I had a client recently, excuse me, she's from the Netherlands, not the Netherlands, she's from New Zealand. And she was saying, you know, like I, I, on our our consultations, she's like, I, I drink a wine, a glass of wine every day after work. And I was like, okay, well, you know, there are going to have to be some things that we compromise on. If you want to have, you know, a glass of wine, a glass of wine on weekends, you know, that's fine. And uh, we started chit-chatting and she was like, and I think a big thing is just like education for people. Once I Mm -hmm. explained to her, like how many calories were in wine, how that's going to hurt her goals, how that's going to slow her down. As soon as I explained the logic behind why, as opposed to like, don't drink, drinking's bad. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, okay. And I think I've been working with her for like two months and she hasn't had a single glass of wine. I mean, so like it wasn't, and she said she had had a glass of wine after work every day right? for like five or 10 years. So Amazing. it's like, it really, yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the fear of taking away, taking something away from someone that they're so, you know, comfortable. It's, it's almost part of their identity, right? This is what I do. So that's amazing. Coaching in for her, even like in a consult to learn that is, is phenomenal, phenomenal value. Um, I love that you touched on that about, um, you know, it's, it takes a lot of effort to get there. And I say that too, to my clients, like you're not going to work as hard this way to get to your goal. Like once you're there, you can loosen up, mm-hmm. like you can, your body, mm-hmm. because your body's we're functioning optimally, it can then detox itself naturally. You can, you know, you maintain muscle, maintaining the muscle, like you said, is so much easier than actually putting it on and changing those habits becomes easier. Like everything becomes easier because they, people think, oh, I'm going to, this is going to be the rest of my life. I've got to, it's going to feel this hard, but it, it, doesn't it gets a lot easier your cravings disappear which is a huge one when you're when you're working with someone for someone that's dealing with cravings and they feel like that's just life like life you're supposed to have cravings and you're supposed <laughs> like to, supposed to do this forever like, 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 like no actually you know what I don't remember the last time I had a craving for anything like once you have that stuff um you've worked on that it, it is so much easier later yeah, yeah I totally agree also, I was thinking like, it's kind of like a, a parent, like you're there goes, you go through a stage even with clients where you're not there to be their friend. Like the truth does hurt and it's yeah. our jobs to deliver the truth with kindness and love. There's always ways like I'm not, I'm not big into, you know, the, the kind of, I guess the image of the past trainer yelling at clients like that kind of thing. Like, no, you can deliver the truth with, um, with kindness behind it, but the truth is the truth and if you're trying to be someone's friend and someone's trainer you're not going to get them the results and later on I have become friends with lots of my clients but it's like a year two three years later like when it's like okay they've got it now like we can loosen up and we can actually become a little more friendly because until then you have to be kind of that tougher parent with that truth that they don't always want to hear totally I think you have to be kind but direct 
Because totally. if you're too flexible, people kind of won't respect you and then they'll just do whatever you want. You have to have like, you know, hard boundaries and mm-hmm. hard guidelines because like I was the kind trainer, like before I, st- before I started transitioning into more coaching, which is, I believe more holistic in the sense of like, yeah. it's not just working out and weights because I was a personal trainer first and now I'm a coach. Right. And I think the difference is coaching. You focus on all lifestyle habits, such as like your sleep, your nutrition, your training, walking mindset. Like it's, it's much more holistic and, and all encompassing versus personal training, which is kind of like just teaching form counting. Reps. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for doing so, that distinction. Yeah. So I think that that's super important because I was the the fun, friendly personal trainer. So I would, I would, I would have great workouts with you, but I would yeah. never touch on nutrition and then right. my clients would never see results. And I would be so frustrated because I, I had the identity of, you know, I want to be a good personal trainer. I want to get people results. I want to be good at my job. And I think, you know, if your clients aren't getting results, then you're not really, you know, as good as yeah. you could be. And that that's very painful as well. So I had to kind of grow through that and be like, Hey, I have to be willing to hurt someone's feelings a little bit in the short term in order to get them what they really want in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's always fun when you look back with your client, remember when <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's always <laughs> fun conversations. Um, oh, yeah. we, you've definitely touched on some of them, but what are some of the main reasons that people are they're finding it difficult to achieve their, those weight loss goals and get, get back to that fit and healthy. And what, what are some of the barriers to that? I think the biggest barrier by far is weekends and drinking. Mm -hmm. I think those are two things that like hold 90% of people back because like you said, anybody can be consistent throughout the week. You have your normal work routine. It's actually probably more convenient for you to meal prep a couple times a week, have all your lunches prepared. You're saving money instead of getting like Uber eats or going out for lunch on your lunch break. Like it's, it's way cheaper to do that. So, you know, it fits into your schedule to go work out. Like you said as well, people like to work out after a certain period of time. So like, those are the things that people enjoy and it's very easy for people to do things that they're enjoy or in their routine. But most people, you know, don't have an entire friend group of, you know, fit, healthy people. They have people who are like, Hey, like, let's go drink on the weekend. And you, then you're faced with the decision. And I think when people are faced with decisions, that's when like true growth and true discipline and true integrity to your goals has an opportunity to show itself. You have to, because if you, anybody can say, stay consistent throughout the week. But if you say yes at every opportunity to go off the rails, yeah, I feel like you haven't really grown. And that's what discipline is. You know, if, if I, I'm going to see my friends tonight for UFC or not tonight, sorry, this Saturday, they are guaranteed going to be drinking and I will be faced with that decision. Mm-hmm. I find it's helpful ahead of time for me to be like, okay, I'm not going to drink. This is my game plan. I'm going to bring this food. Like, this is what I'm going to say if people question me on it. And like, I have literally a game plan because yeah. people, people will press on you be like, Oh, why aren't you drinking? Like you're this, you're that you're soft, like yeah. just drink. Like, and they pressure you hard to drink and like, Oh, like, why'd you bring your own meals? Why don't you have what we're eating? Like people will give you a hard time. And I think you have to, it's you know, fit shaming <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I am aggressively fit shamed by my friends <laughs> and family, <laughs> but that's okay. Because once they start getting a little bit drunk at 10, 11 o'clock at night, they're like, man, like, what do you do? How do I be like you? <laughs> that is so true. 
Yeah, it's, it is that I agree. Like, it's amazing. You always think of peer pressure is something that you deal with when you're younger, but it's not, you deal with it your whole entire life. And the, the drinking is a big one, especially, um, I, I don't, I won't remember the statistic, but I have been looking every once in a while, I'll look into alcohol and the effects of it again, to share some truths with people and the statistics for women in particular with the link and the connection between drinking and breast cancer is massive. Really? I didn't even oh know yeah. It's like, even a few drinks a week really increases your risk. And I'm not going to say the exact yeah. percentage, but it's easy to Google and find it. It'll be like on a, a government statistic website. Wow. Like I've, I've seen it before and it's huge. And if you're having a drink a day, it's, it was something like, again, please don't fact fact check me something like percent. <laughs> like it's a, right I just remember being really astounded like the percentage is high it was staggering yeah like it my was staggering my nana like, had breast cancer and mm-hmm. she's passed now unfortunately she died in like 2013 but yeah. her and my mom would have a drink after work every yeah. single day yeah. it's like a part of my family's English right so they're that's kind of a part of their cultures to it like is, drink yeah. with dinner and stuff like that yeah. Well, I lived in, I lived in London for 11 years. And I have to say like, when I first moved there, I wasn't a trainer. I wasn't really into health. Um, and I, before I went, I mean, I was a university student before I went. So of course you're drinking all the time. Then I went to London and it was, it was like, I'd get home and my flatmates would be like, Oh, glass of wine. And I noticed I was just having a glass of wine here and there. And it was like, wow, it really became part of what I did. And then I ended up falling into on a dare. I ended up falling into this running club to do marathons. I ended up doing three marathons. Well, you know, you cannot, you cannot drink and be training for a marathon. Like you just can't, especially when you get to like the later stages of training. And I remember then I was confronted with that. Like I knew I couldn't drink. And then the next day go out and do a two hour run. So I had to break that habit but socially you're right I was like oh I tried every trick like I would I would get like um sparkling water and tell people it was gin and tonic and I'd put like a lime in it like I would do stuff like that so you find tricks and then people would get off your back because they assume you're drinking (laughs) yeah because you can't possibly be fun if you're not drinking like no no (laughs) so boring so boring (laughs) but there is it's an interesting social thing where if someone's drinking they want the other person to drink because if they don't it doesn't feel as fun. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that could be a whole reflect on their own decisions. Yeah. That could be a whole episode. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like I can have you back on several times. (laughs) Yeah. I'm down. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Do follow up. Let's talk about, um, calories and tracking because, okay. For a long time, I was that trainer. I think we always go in the fitness industry one way and then we go the other way. And for a long time, I was like, don't count calories. Like, because I guess too, I was so nervous for people to focus so much on calories because of, you know, eighties, nineties, where people were so obsessed and people counting grains of rice and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) for a lot of people, and I'm sure your clients, that's a lot of people that can bring up some like little trauma around that whole calorie thing. But then, you know, as you move on, you're like, okay, 
even though maybe you're eating healthy, but there's still, it's too much food or whatever. You're not reaching your goals. And, and ultimately we always have to come back to this whole calorie thing. So talk about a little bit about that, like the quality of calories and, and the counting and how do you track and do people resist you on the tracking and that kind of Okay. Stuff? So I have kind of calculated a more systemic systematic approach on how I approach transitioning people into tracking. So Cool. Typically, when somebody comes on, they fill in their intake forms, and then we go through an onboarding session. On this onboarding session, we go over their daily lifestyle. So like, you know, what time they get up, what time they go to bed, their work schedule, are they sitting, are they standing, what kind of foods they like, what kind of foods they don't like, how many people they're cooking for, and I'll get a comprehensive idea of their life. And then what I'll do is like, I will create a meal plan to that person's lifestyle that I would personally do if I were them in their particular situation. So for example, if you are a construction worker, you likely don't have a microwave. You mm. likely don't have the opportunity to eat six meals a day. You're probably going to eat two or three meals a day or have, and if you're trying to gain weight, for example, you might have like a couple of shakes. Um, if you're a woman who's an office worker, you have the opportunity to use a microwave. You're, you can eat at your desk you can have four or five smaller meals throughout the day. So I will get a detailed perception of like that person's life first. Right. Then I will create their first meal plan for them. So this is what you eat for breakfast. This is what you eat for lunch. This is what you eat for dinner. And there'll be a few options in there, but it'll have like the weight of how much. So like, you know, four ounces of chicken, four ounces of potatoes, a banana right. and some butter, you know, just an example meal. And then we'll have a person stick to a set meal plan, usually for like two to three weeks. And there's a bunch of options in there. So like you don't even really get bored with it and right. you can switch up like the spices and the flavors or whatever. Then um, I will get them to start inputting their meal plan into my fitness pal. So even though they're eating a similar thing throughout the day, they're going into my fitness plan, my fitness pal. This teaches them how to track on a regular right. basis. Okay. So then they learn how to track. They get familiar with the app. They understand how to weigh. And then I will usually ask my clients each week, how do you feel about your meal plan? Are you enjoying it still? Are you getting sick of it? Some people stick to the meal plan for 12 weeks and they get phenomenal yeah, results. And I'll just make little tweaks. But the vast majority of people obviously don't like to eat the same thing every day. I do, but I'm a good habit. But, but some people don't, right? Most people I would say don't. So maybe, you know, two, three weeks in, they say, you know what, I'm kind of getting tired of this. I'm like, okay, well, what meal out of the meal plan do you like? And they're like, okay, well, I love the Greek yogurt, berries, and honey. I'm like, okay, keep that one. What meal do you hate? They're like, well, I don't hate any of them, but I, I, I'm getting kind of sick of uh, chicken breast and rice. I'm like, okay, cool. And I will give them a couple different substitutes of what they could try. And then I'll usually hop on a call with them and be like, okay, what would you like to replace this meal with? Whether it's, you know, fish, beef, um, another type of protein, lamb, like anything else. Oh, like I love lamb. Okay, great. We'll, we'll switch it in for lamb. Oh, you're sick of rice. Okay. Let's do sweet potato instead. Cool. Okay. You don't, you don't like butter. Okay. Maybe let's add some nuts in here. And then I show them how they can replace meals because it's just like doing quick math, you know, like, okay, mm. I have to replace this 30 grams of protein with another 30 grams of protein. Once you've tracked for like a week, you know how to do that. Yeah. So that's how I'll do it. And then usually when people, people do that, and it's more of like a collaborative effort for like another month or two, then they get free reign. Like I have a client, Alex, who her initial goal was to like lose 10 pounds. She lost 10 pounds. Then she wanted to build muscle. 
we transitioned her slowly from the meal plan to like the more like 50 50 hybrid to full-on flexible dieting and now i just tell her and she's like 115 pound woman she's smaller woman but she's fit and she's eating like 2800 calories uh, 140 grams of protein and like she's a hundred percent on her own like i don't have any impact over what foods she eats so but she's she's one of those people now who's built up enough muscle that she can get away with more so she's having you know all these different like starbucks coffees and sometimes she has chocolate to hit her calories because her calories are so high and like sometimes right. she'll have candy or whatever and like i'm cool with that like if you want to have you know a couple ferrero rochers to get your last three four hundred yeah. calories at the end of the night cool the average person is not going to be able to get away with that at first, but it's cool to see where like, once you get your metabolism firing and where you can get to, yeah, where you can get to. And I like, I love that. I love one. I love that she's eating more, not less, but again, mm. it's going first, you have to go through that process of yeah. eating the calories that you need to be eating for your goal. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else about that. Oh, the I think we we're talking about our, all calories are the same. All calories are the same. Yeah. But I also like the idea of tracking. I was really resistant to tracking for a long time for people again, because I'm worried about women getting obsessive with it and becoming mm. um, so fixated on it. But, you know, when I started tracking for myself years ago now, I was like, this is actually a really good education tool. Totally like agree. you learn, like, I didn't really know how, how much 30, cause you say to someone, okay, uh, with my clients, I like to start with a baseline of hundred grams of protein a day, which yeah. for many, that's not even enough, but it's a good kind of baseline. Cause that's it's again, hard it's, for some people to start. It's very hard for people. And that's why I like to start with that baseline first, let's get there. And then we can get to where, where you need to be. Cause it all depends on your weight and your training and what, and what you're doing. But when you actually look at what that is, it's not actually a lot of food yeah. when you see how much protein is in four ounces of chicken breast or or a steak mm -hmm. or like you said or lamb or whatever it is so the the apps and those tools are really great because now you're like okay actually that's not that much protein it just sounds like a lot and um and now i know later on i don't need the app to track how much protein i'm having now i know what that physically looks like so it gets easier and it's such a, an amazing learning tool totally I think if you've tracked for like, you know, six to 12 months consistently, you're yeah. going to be very educated on what food is worth and like what, how much calories certain things are, how much protein. And you're, you're going to be able to get a general ballpark of how much you're eating and you'll understand nutrition way better. Yes. I think, like you said, education is super important and I'm big on explaining why I do like, like I saw a good meme yesterday. I, I liked it. It was like, coaching is a relationship, not a dictatorship. And I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. Like if you can, totally. you're not just telling people what to do and saying like, shut up, just do this. It's, I explain everything why I'm doing to my clients. So they know every decision. So if I'm with a client and, you know, almost every single time, the first complaint I get within the first week is this is a lot of food. And I'm like, yeah, it is more volume of food, but it's less calories than what you were consuming before. Yes. And that's why you've lost weight. And I was like, just stick with it. Eat what you can for the next, you know, two, three weeks, your appetite will 100% improve. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to think that this is actually not a lot of food and you'll probably even be hungry. And 99% of the time, that's what happens. So it's just about kind of educating people and reassuring them that what they're doing is right. Because if you're somebody who's never, you know, gone with the coaching program you don't really know what you're talking about or you don't know what you're doing 
instinctually, it doesn't make sense that I'm more full, I'm eating more food, how am I going to lose weight? Mm -hmm. That's like a very normal question to ask, but you have to explain to people how your metabolism improves and quality of nutrients matter and to eat, you know, 1800 calories of all, you know, clean food is way more filling than $1,800 or 1800 um, calories at McDonald's. You know, you can easily eat a Big Mac fries, ice cream, pop, no problem and crush 25, 3000 calories in a sitting. Whereas if you want to space out 1800 calories of like chicken, oats, potatoes, all this stuff, it's very filling. So I think explaining that to people and kind of reassuring them along the way is very important as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then also getting into like the, the quality of calories, like you said, you could be eating the same amount of calories. And if one's higher quality food and one is, um, really low, low quality food, it's what comes with that. It's like the energy, the glowing skin, the, um, the better digestion, all of that as well. Yeah. Incredible. Totally agree. Um, okay. I'm, I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to ask you this question because I know you have a busy day. And you need no, to get going. You're good. You're good. Let's Go touch it. on it. Let's touch on it. And then I don't know. Well, you can do another episode. I want to talk strength training, like for women so often, even for me, conversations that I have with, with, with women. And we talk about strength training and there many are doing maybe all the right things on their own to shift the weight, um, especially as women hit like perimenopause and menopause, but the one component they're often missing is that strength training. Mm-hmm. They're resistant to doing it. Maybe they're, they're, they don't know how to do it. Um, how important is the strength training component when it comes to shifting that weight? I think resistance training is probably after nutrition, the second most important mm-hmm. aspect of changing your body. Because you can change your body strictly through nutrition, um, but training your body is what's going to allow you to build muscle. It also strengthens your, so from, you have aesthetic purposes and then you have health purposes, right? From aesthetic purposes, looking a particular way, usually women want a bigger butt, tighter butt, that kind of thing. That tri- That's coming from lifting weights. You're not going to do that from doing like some kickbacks on the Stairmaster. You got to be lifting some big weight your glutes are big, your butt muscles are big, strong, powerful muscles. You have to train them and develop them to have your leg look a certain way. Um, And the same goes for your legs, same goes for your shoulders, your back. You have to train those muscles. From a health standpoint, you will have higher levels of bone density, better grip strength. These are all high indicators of like long-term longevity, like living long to a high age. Grip strength is like one of your best bone densities. Another one muscle mass is like another one. So those are all important from a health standpoint, from a fat loss perspective. If you have more muscle on your body, you burn more calories at rest. So that's a big one as well. Um, So I think when you piece all those things together, resistance training is really a no brainer. I think you have to absolutely get good at that. And it's a skill. And this is why I think that in order to really achieve your best physique, you almost have to work with a coach at some capacity, whether it's a personal trainer or a coach or do something where somebody's teaching how to exercise, because it'd be like going onto a basketball team with having no idea how to shoot a basketball you don't, you're not going to be good at that skill. It's unreasonable for you to be good at that skill because you just started. Same thing as like shooting a hockey puck or learning how to skate 
or swimming. Like if you don't have a coach or someone teaching you how to do that, it's unreasonable for you to just naturally be able to do that. Um, so it, it's, it's something that you have to be taught. It's something that it, it takes a long time to learn. And if you do it on your own, it'll take you years. If you ever learn it on your own versus working with a coach or a personal trainer, you could learn it in, you know, honestly a couple months. So Absolutely. it's, I think, you know, to me, I'm always willing to invest to accelerate my progress. I work with a coach. I've worked with many coaches to excel my, my physical progress. I work with business coaches to, you know, accelerate my business progress. Mm -hmm. I think if you want to learn from, if you want to accelerate and you want to maximize your time on earth, you have to invest in people that are better than you at that particular thing so that they can get you there way faster. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I fully agree with that. That the strength training is the part where I do encourage people, even if you don't want to work with a trainer, you don't have to work with the trainer forever, but put in like six weeks to up to three yeah. months to at least you can go in, learn those skills, and then you can go off, practice them, come back again, maybe six months a year later and learn some more new skills. If you don't have the money maybe to do a, a full year or whatever it is, but it is the one area that, um, just because you're picking up a weight doesn't mean you're strength training. Cause that's another thing. Like you see, I see people in the gym just picking up weights and, and what they're doing. I just, sometimes I feel like, Oh my goodness. Like I feel bad because I think one, they have the right attitude. Like they want to make change. So they're in the gym, they're investing their time to do mm -hmm. it. And yet what they're doing is going to have so little impact other than general, general fitness, of course, and, and feeling better mm -hmm. mentally. So there's always value in it. But if you truly want to shift that stubborn weight and change your body composition, the strength training is imperative. And, you know, I know you said, um, it's true. You can change mostly with nutrition, However, as someone who's getting older and that whole kind of hormonal like phase of life for women, I really think that even the nutrition isn't enough that the more I'm seeing is becoming more muscle centric, like really focusing on muscle gain. And that has to be the nutrition with strength training together. I totally agree, especially for women, especially, especially for, women. for I women. Totally, I totally agree. Yeah. So it's key. You touched on the, on the um, whole, like, you know, women and you know guys like no one wants a flat bum everyone wants to like <laughs> I was known for a long time as the as the trainer that fixes broken bums because I'm obsessed with that part of the body <laughs> but Same. not for us that not just for the aesthetics part of it but the function. um function like your, your like lower back pain like they say a lot of elderly that end up in care homes and not living on their own is because they can't squat to use the bathroom. Like that they lose that mm -hmm. ability. And so, and that's, that's not an aging that's thing. That's sad. from not using that body part and, and not understanding how important it is. But there was a doctor online, Dr. Um, Ty Tyrna, I think you say her name. She did this podcast with someone and she was talking about how glutes and she says like having junk in the trunk like it's really important it's actually is a, a sign of health she said when she got covid that she actually ended up with a flat bum 
She said, as soon as people get um, any sort of um, health concern, that that's the first part of the body to go and that they're very associated, like having good muscle mass in your glutes is, it was just like such a fascinating podcast, but I was like, oh my gosh. And she's like, yeah, it was incredible. I'll send it, I'll find it and send it to you. She said that really building that actually can be life-saving like there's a direct connection to how well you're going to deal with picking up viruses and getting and getting through them so amazing yeah I totally agree and I, I think that's probably one of the key areas that I focus on I, like you said it's not just for women I think guys having big strong butts is yeah. important as well <laughs> uh, um, I think that's where I put a vast majority of my training because that's from a performance standpoint you know run faster jump higher Mm-hmm. but also injury prevention. Like you said, like lower back pain, if anybody who comes to me with lower back pain, like I honestly don't worry almost at all anymore because they're like, Oh, I have lower back pain. It's never going to be the same. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just do some glue bridges, straighten up your hamstrings and like, in like That's two right. weeks, your back pain is going to be gone. So it's, it's very important to to train your glutes, to train your entire posterior chain, because, you know, especially now in society, we spend so much time sitting down at our desks, on our phones, whatever, we're sitting all the time. And that means that the glute muscles are not being activated. That's right. The hip flexors are being tightened and it's pulling your body out of alignment and really just kind of messing you up long-term in terms of injuries. And if you're injured, you can't train and you don't feel good and you're unhappy. So it's, it just, train your glutes basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how close people are from not being in pain, but they don't realize it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if they just knew that one thing and knew how to correct that one thing in their body, it would impact their entire life. Not being in Absolutely. pain is amazing. <laughs> you don't want to be in yeah. pain all the time, but people don't know what they don't know. I think that's, that's the thing. And we all that's want to true. be unique in our pain. Oh no, it's this for me. And it's this for me. Yeah, like, no, the solution's so actually the that's same. So like true. No, not me. I have this particular. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Then I just walk away. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're not, I'm not coaching right now, but my, my L5. Okay. We're It's kind of, um, we're coming to an end. So there's always a question I'd like to ask everyone. So, but before I get to that question, I wanted to um, ask how, how can people get in touch with you? What does that process look like for them? If they're like, okay, I think like, this is a sign, (laughs) like it's time to make a change. What does that look like? All right. So I'm on most social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, primarily, if you want to find me on any of those platforms or you can email me, my email's on there as well. Um, my, my Instagram is Sean Sidey PT spelled S H A U N S I D E Y P T as in personal trainer, Sean Sidey PT on Instagram. That's my main platform. That's where I post content every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Free valuable content. If you followed my Instagram alone, and you follow the instructions on there, you will get results. Like I've had so many people who have done consultations with perhaps, you know, they weren't in a place financially where they could afford coaching. I say, you know what, just follow this along. And I've had so many people be like, Hey, I've lost like 50 pounds just by following. Amazing. Yeah. It's sick. I'm so pumped about it. So like, thank you. 
Um, so if, if somebody wants to go on my Instagram at Sean Sidey PT, there's lots of free content on there. I also post a lot of content on Facebook as well. If you search me up on Facebook, it's just my name, Sean G as in Gordon Sidey is my middle name, Sean Gordon Sidey. If you look me up on Facebook on, on TikTok, my TikTok is at health letter N letter U. So health and you Perfect. at health letter N letter U health and you. And Amazing. My, my, my email, sorry, one more, my email. Yeah, go for it. Is, we'll link these all to you in the show notes. Okay, cool. It's yeah. sean.sidey at gmail.com is my email. So the best way to contact me is either Instagram, DM, or, or uh, email. Amazing. That's so great. Okay. So we'll definitely link those up for, for people you. that want to click on the links. So that's awesome. Okay. This is the last question. Okay. What is something you've heard, or it could be something that you've read that changed everything for you? I'm big into these moments that shift things for us. Hmm. One second, I'll think about it. Honestly, like it, I know that I just brought it up, but I think that hundred million dollar offers is a really great book. Even if you're not in business, I think it's really important because it explains why certain offers or certain programs are more appealing than others. And it, it really goes into a lot of human psychology of like, we basically, we want things to be easy. We want things to be certain. Mm -hmm. So I want to join up for a program because I know it will work. So basically Great. if you have somebody who has, for example, dozens and dozens of testimonials on their Instagram page, you would say that guy, Sean, I'm certain I'm going to get that result because he's proven he's proof. Right. And then if I'm telling you, you know, I have three simple ways. Okay. It's easy. It's perceived likelihood of achievement, uh, perceived effort, all these things. So it's super helpful for me. Um, I've listened to it on audiobook a few times now. I also have the hard copy and I recommend everybody read it. It's a great book. Amazing. Oh, thanks for that share. I'm definitely going to get it. That sounds so cool. Sean, thank yeah, you. you thank you so much for your time. Cause I know again that you're busy. Um, but uh, I think there's was just it. so much value for people listening in. And I really encourage anyone that if you're feeling inspired in this moment, you're like, okay, enough. Like I, it's time to invest in myself. I guess, even if they're not in a situation where they're ready to invest, but they know they will be in the future, get in touch mm. and make that first connection. Like taking action in the moment that you feel inspired is everything like that's the difference between you doing something or life just continuing exactly the same way that it is so absolutely and we have different price points available for different budgets Beautiful. like all ranging big time depending if you need a lot of support if you need a little support long term short term like we have a lot of different options available for everyone so oh, feel free to reach okay. out and i'll take you through a free consultation we'll go over your goals see where you've been getting stuck and then we'll look to establish a game plan Perfect. All right, Sean, thanks so much. Thanks for your time. Have a great yeah. day. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.